Moncrief on News Talk. Now, Dr. Joseph Dettori isn't living at home at the moment and he doesn't get that many visitors. That's because Joseph is currently living under the sea. The aim is for Joe to remain in his undersea habitat for 100 days, which would be a record, to study what kind of effects this has on the human mind and body. And he joins us from there. Afternoon, Joe. Hey, how are you guys? Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks very much for uh, talking to us today. What, what number day are you on at the moment? Uh, I think 24, 24th day. Okay, all right, 24. So you've had some time to get used to it, but uh, uh, still quite a, a long road ahead. Could you describe for <laughs> us uh, what, you know, what, uh, what your living quarters are like? Right, uh, so, so I am in uh, two cylinders that are basically Yep. Uh, you see, that's what happens. You go, I know what we'll do. We'll interview a guy who's living, Lincoln. Basically, eight feet oh, in diameter there. with four feet of usable space. Uh, in. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. No, we can hear you. Can you I just, yeah. just broke up briefly there. So, sorry, <laughs> I, I'll ask you to start the description again. We lost a bit of it. No problem. So I'm underwater in a uh, in a cylinder, basically, in two cylinders that are about 15 feet long by about eight feet in diameter. So I have about 100 square feet total of usable space. Uh, and that's about it. And I got a couple of windows. <laughs> right, of course. And, and, and presumably, do people, you know, uh, scuba dive down to have a look at you and, and have a wave? Absolutely. So I have a big uh, three foot, uh, three foot window here, uh, maybe one meter wide window uh, that I look out of. And basically, they'll come by and they'll high five me and say hello and just smile. And the kids play rock, paper, scissors. That's fun. (laughs) And uh, you have food delivered to you. How does that work? I do. Uh, About once every other day or every three days, I get frozen stores delivered. Uh, and then I have to cook them in a microwave because of the pressure. Uh, we cannot have a heating element in here. So we have very little heat ability. The only thing I can cook in is a microwave. OK. And uh, the uh, the roof, like as I understand, the, the, the roof height is slightly too small for you. Yeah, it is. Unfortunately, I am just 6'1". And I have, while it's an eight foot, uh, you know, an eight foot diameter uh, cylinder, you can't use all that space. So I just barely scrape my head everywhere I go. Ah, uh, so yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so for, for, I know, you, you know, you have a lot of work to do down there, but say for, do you have a TV or a laptop? Can you watch Netflix? That kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, I, I, I literally finish my science at about 7.30 p.m. every night, and I'm up at 5.30 or 6 in the morning every morning doing science from the get-go. So really, I have literally no time. By the time 8 or 9 o'clock rolls around, I am so ready for bed. I have not turned on a TV in, not that I ever watched a lot of TV, but certainly the entire time I'm down here, I haven't turned on a TV. Okay. Well, that's good. You, yeah. you obviously, are very busy. And and the, the, the is the air supply like directly supplied from the surface to you? Yes, sir. So what they do is they uh, they blow down air continually in here at um, you know at about thirty standard cubic feet per minute. So it's constantly bubbling out the bottom, uh, which is the moon pool, and that's the way people get in and out. So. Yeah, and the pressure then you're living in is is it, it it it's I assume slightly different from what it would be on the surface. 
Sure. It's uh, it's you guys are at about 14.7 pounds per square inch and I'm at about 25 pounds per square inch. So a lot, you know, a, a little more pressure and uh, but it's not a lot. Uh, it's not a crushing amount, you know? Yeah. Uh, now, you'd be used to that because you've many years you were in the Navy for many years. Yeah, uh, 28 years I was in the U.S. Navy, and this is what I did in the U.S. Navy. I was a special operations diver and a saturation diver, so it's not a far stretch. Like, I'm I'm pretty eminently qualified for this position. <laughs> yes, and and in terms of the research that's happening down there, um, I, 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 as I understand it, NASA, for instance, are keeping something of an eye on, on what you're doing. Sure. Well, this is analogous to space travel. So everybody says we're going to Mars. We're going to Mars. Well, hold on. We got a couple of things we got to work out here. Like what happens to people that live in an isolated, confined, extreme environment, such as the transit to Mars and the spacecraft? What happens to them from a psychosocial, psychological standpoint, from a physiological perspective? So, yeah, we're testing stuff uh, with with respect to muscle growth and muscle building for the people on the International Space Station and space travelers in the future to maintain their muscle mass. We have the same or similar type resistance bands as they do. And what we're doing is using a, a um, moderating blood pressure to increase something uh, that will help them build and keep muscle. Right. Okay. And is 100 days enough to be able to tell what the long term effect of this might be? Well, the reason why we're going 100 days is because it's a nice round number. The current <laughs> record is 73. So it's not about the record. It, it's about really trying to get to the 200-day point. Because realistically, if you want to do an, an analog for space travel, you got to get to 200 days because our closest approach to Mars is 200 days or so long. Well, you know. But we also have to live in the ocean and figure out what's going on in the ocean and find all those sea creatures that are missing and talk about preserving, protecting and rejuvenating the marine environment. So there's lots of things going on here, not just the space travel thing. Yes, of course. Yeah. And and I suppose specifically the, the, the effect on, on the human body. So far, have you felt lonely, Joe? No, no. As a matter of fact, I'm, uh, I'm not lonely at all. I have about uh, three outreaches per day with uh class class of children uh that i talk about preservation protection rejuvenation of the marine environment i have visiting scientists that come down occasionally i had a microbiologist come down and we gathered some basically dirt off the sea floor in the lagoon right here and we found a new psyllid what we believe to be a new psyllid or a single-celled organism that's new to science. So hmm. we're pretty excited about the kind of work we're doing, and I get the occasional visitor to hang out. Okay, well, that's, uh, that's good. Though, does it feel a bit like, I just don't know if you've ever been to prison, Joe, but does it feel a bit like being in prison? <laughs> yes, it's uh, it's 100 days in county and lockup. Yeah, I could, I could imagine that it would be similar. But to, for the record, I have never been to prison. Okay, I, I, I was taking that as a given. Uh, it must be said. That. <laughs> so so physically, how, how do you exercise? Yeah, uh, that's the interesting part. So we use these resistance bands. And then the other stuff that we're doing is we're cuffing off the blood pressure on both the arms and the legs, but not at the same time. And then that limits the flow of blood into and out of the muscle. So that increases these things called nitric oxide synthase, and that basically can build muscle. 
So that's what we're trying to do. And we're sizing ourselves and check before, during and after this whole thing to see how we're doing. I'm in, you know, I'm in great shape and I feel like I'm getting better and better every day. But the tape will tell when we're done. Yeah. And have you noticed yourself any physical changes in you? Yeah, um, you know, a a bit on the, uh, you know, on the personal side, uh, the frequency of urination has increased, as has the urgency to urinate and the amount that you urinate while you're down here with the same water intake or liquid intake. So it's really kind of intriguing. Right. Okay. so you you have to pee more often. Is that essentially the case? And when when you need to go, that's not just, are you sure that's just not getting old? Uh, You just described described (laughs) half our listeners there. I I am 55 years old, so, uh, but no, that is not the case. But if you think about it from a physics perspective, you are pumping against a static head that is a greater pressure. So I'm at 25 pounds per square inch. And as I try and push out, I'm pushing against more pressure. So it's a little bit more difficult. So that urgency is there. And the amount that's coming out, I'm not sure why the amount is any different because I drink the same amount of liquid every day. But that's something that I need to talk to my urologist friends about. We'll figure it out. <laughs> right. Is is pooping more difficult as well? Uh, I have not noticed that. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty regular. <laughs> OK, that's that's good to know. Also, as well, given what you said about the, the, the relative pressures going on there, if, say, a couple were down there and wanted to make the sweet, sweet love, well, might it make it a bit more tricky for the man? So if we can go there, I'd be glad to go there. Sure. Um, the ejaculate does not come as far out of the tip uh, as it would normally do. So I suspect that copulation would be more difficult uh, in, and impregnating a female would be more difficult here because the semen has to go against that positive pressure head and you're pumping and pushing out and it just does not go very far. Oh, my God. It's like nature's condom then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I salute you, Joe, for, for for doing that that level of detailed research, though. At the same time, it's all for science, man. It's all, it's for, all science. for science. Absolutely. When you now you, you do have your you're on say uh, day twenty four, did you say? So so uh, quite a way to go. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and so uh, uh, over the coming days, are, is the nature of the research going to change or anything? No, it's pretty consistent. I'm doing EKGs, electrocardiograms, electroencephalogram on my brain. I'm doing pulmonary function tests to check lung. Uh, I'm doing ear pressure tests and and visualizing my ear. I have uh, devices that allow me to visualize the inside of my lungs and my heart. So I'm doing that continually just to get trend lines to see what's going on in the human body and the psychosocial testing as well. Mm. All of the current psychological profile tests I took before, I'm taking during, and I will take after just to see if we change. You know. Okay, and and the uh, and uh, and the kind of psychological tests are they uh, like uh, along the lines of how are you feeling and any murderous impulses and that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, no changes thus far. But like I've taken the general anxiety disorder, the the Beck depression index, the you know all of the normal testing that you would do just to make sure that because I'm in this isolated, confined, extreme environment, that I'm not getting undersea sickness or space sickness will happen or or confined sickness or whatever you know yeah. whatever we want to determine in the unlikely event it happens. 
But that's why we test these things, right? Sure. And but it, this is wouldn't be the most hostile environment you've been in. D- didn't you go down with James Cameron into the yeah. Mariana Trench? I did not actually go on that expedition. I came in afterwards to get uh, to get the evaluation of the submersible done. Uh, so I was the after effect on that, not the for during effect. All right. Okay. But uh, all right. So and so th- was that kind of an inspiring experience for you then? One hundred percent. When I did the after action on that and I found the sea lice that he found at thirty five thousand feet, when he collected it, it was and and we pulled the DNA sample. It's a partial cure for Alzheimer's. So at that point, and it was December 24th of 2012, I said to myself, everything we need is on this planet. Everything is here. We just have to look for it. So I said, at that point, we're going to need to live in the ocean. We can't just go and visit. It's like it's like going to Dublin and saying, oh, I know everything about Dublin. No, 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 no. You're going to have to live there. You're going to have to go to a GAA game. You're going to have to go figure this out. You're going to have to go get a walking stick and uh, figure out what a hurley is. And, you know. Yeah. Uh, when yeah. you're when you're finished your 100 days, Joe, um, what are you most looking forward to apart from having to pee, not having to pee every five minutes? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm most looking forward to coming out and seeing the sun. And seeing my family because mm. I miss watching the sunset, and I absolutely miss my fam. Yeah, so. the sun. God, yeah, you wouldn't think of that, but my yes, my word, Joe. We wish you the very best of luck with the rest of your expedition. Uh, expedition, and thank you so much for speaking with us today. That was uh, Doctor. See you, Joe. That was uh, Doctor Joe Dottori there, uh, otherwise known as Doctor Deep Sea. You can find him on uh, on Twitter uh, at that name. Moncrief weekdays at two p.m. on News Talk.